Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I am your host, Casper. And it's Becky Gremlin here, guys. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And this is going to be an hour and a half long podcast of us singing... La Yorona! Won't you give me a little some time, Sharona? Oh, I actually said Sharona. <laughs> See? <laughs> I fucked she up. She messed up. I fucked she up. She fucked up. Well, that was a short hour. She and fucked up. But... <laughs> okay, bye. No. Um, <laughs> and that was the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in for yeah. this two minute long um, singing of Sharona because I fucked up. <laughs> No copyright. Please don't sue us. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this so. is not going to be about the legend of Sharona, guys. Um, the legend of my Sharona. Uh, yeah, no. This is this is way scarier. Uh, this is actually really creepy, guys. If you really don't know any of the folklore with this, um, or any of the story behind it, it's actually it's a little creepy. And I have some a story, a couple stories from some of our listeners, a couple of our listeners who... Um, one has known people who's experienced La Llorona, and then one has been told that her parents would tell her. It was basically their boogeyman, in a sense. So, yeah. We'll start off with kind of going over the folklore of La Llorona. Um, it's it kind of is deepened more into Mexican folklore than anything. Um, it's literal translation in Spanish is the weeping woman. That is what La Llorona stands or is in English rather. So, yep. Um, so basically what we're going to do is go over the, the main, there's one story it draws from the most. Um, and then there's other stories that come from Greek mythology, the Aztecs that basically kind of fill into it as well um but this one in particular like the legend legend of the mexican folklore is where it stems from the most um so if you guys don't know there's a movie coming out this um month called the curse of la llorona april 19th yes actually. april 19th and james wan is heavily deep in to that film it's actually supposed to be a part of the conjuring universe if um you guys did not know that which is actually really cool. The Conjuring Universe is one of my all-time favorite universes as far as horror is concerned. So it was really cool to um, see that he's kind of tying this into it as well. Um, and I apologize, guys. I think in the last podcast I said that Guillermo del Toro was involved. He is not. I apologize. Um, it's actually a director named uh, Michael Chavez. It's actually his directorial debut. It'll be the first movie he's directed will be The Curse of La Llorona. So um, it will be him and James Wan is set as producer that are going to be working on this movie. So I just wanted to make that quick correction because I definitely want to give credit where credit's due because this movie looks amazing. They it were does. actually just showing a bunch of commercials before we started the podcast. So we're like, yay, this is a good sign. Like, I'm excited. Hopefully this is like good luck for the podcast. Right. So, so, um, basically what La Llorona is, in short, is, is the ghost of a woman who drowned her children and she cries looking for them in the river. 
It often causes misfortune to people who hear her or or are near her. So a lot of people have said, like, if you hear her crying, always run the other direction. Um, it always brings bad misfortune and often even death. So um, the original legend, the actual, like, folklore, Mexican folklore legend is in a rural village, rural, rural, got it. Jesus, this is going to go great. (laughs) (laughs) In a rural village, a young woman named La... Now, you guys are going to have to excuse me for this because I am very bad at pronouncing words. Your Spanish pronunciation. <laughs> my Spanish pronunciation, pronunciations, if you need my, my English help, aren't ones either. If you need my help with any, let me know. But my Spanish pronunciations are bad because I cannot actually roll my tongue. <laughs> so, it's great. Learn something new every day. But there was a young woman named La Payton. Payton? Payton, I would say, because they enunciate everything. Um, she came from a poor family, but was known for her beauty. An extremely wealthy nobleman traveled through her village and he proposed to her and she accepted because he was extremely wealthy. She was poor and he saw how beautiful she was. So they automatically were drawn to each other. Maria's family was super excited, but the nobleman's family was not, especially his father. His father was very against him marrying into such a poor family. Um, they built a house in the village to be away from his father She eventually gave birth to two sons. Her husband was always traveling and stopped spending time with his family. He only paid attention to his sons and Maria. She also goes by Maria. She actually knew. She was starting to notice that he was only paying attention to his kids and not her anymore. So she was like, oh, he's falling out of love with me. And even one day he returned with a younger woman, told his kids goodbye, didn't say anything to her. And so she was very hurt by that. So out of spite, she took her kids and drowned them. She realized what she did, immediately searched for them, but the river carried them away. Then days later, she was found dead on the riverbank. She was challenged by the gates of heaven for the kids' whereabouts. but And she was not permitted to actually enter heaven until she found them. So she now spends eternity looking for them. She's heard crying for them, and that's what earned her the name La Llorona. Just like Becky said, it stands for the weeping woman. Um, One thing I did read real quick, part of the reason why she got the nickname and why she looks so scary and gaunt and drawn is that um, prior to her dying after she drowned the kids is that she didn't eat for three days. She just wandered along the banks of the river in her wedding gown, actually, which was white, which would explain the the color of the dress. And she just walked along the riverbank constantly sobbing because she was in such distress and grief over the death of her sons by her hand and everything her husband had done to her at that point. So she didn't eat for three days and she collapsed along the riverbank and died. And then, of course, that's when it went on to the story of her going to heaven and for atonement. That's why she wanders sobbing in the white dress and looks so gaunt. Well, that would make sense then as to why she looks so skinny. Yeah. Um, So, yes, you would hear her crying and it could bring misfortune or death. Um, She kidnaps wandering children at night, mistaking them for her own. 
she will beg the heaven for the heavens for forgiveness and then she actually will drown the kids that she kidnaps she usually is found wearing a black or white gown usually white with a veil and stays around rivers or lakes it's said when her wh- this 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 creeps me out it's said when her whales are near she's actually far and when they sound distant she's actually near right which would be kind of a way of Tricking people to think that you're farther away when you're not, so she can get you. Oh my god! Kind of yes. thing. So, like so that's that's really creepy to me. You wouldn't know one way or the other where she was coming from. That would be horrifying, <laughs> right? So that's actually the that's the Mexican folklore of it. That's the story of La Llorona and how she came to be. Um, but there's actually like four, three or four other stories that are like tied into this heavily. Um, one of the ones is, I'm probably going to need your help on this one. La Malin, La Malinche. 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 Yeah. The Nahua woman who served as Cortez's interpreter and missed, she was the mistress who bore his children. And some say she was betrayed by Spanish conquistadors. Quick history lesson. If you guys don't know who Cortez is, he was one of the Spanish he was the Spanish leader of the conquistadors that came from Spain to conquer uh, Mexico. So he fought against the Aztecs and Mayans and a lot of the local tribes in Mexico for Spanish rule over Mexico. Anyway. Quick history, history lesson. History Side note, 101. History. Don't fuck with the original here, just in case you guys History 101. A lot of people don't pay attention to that kind of thing. So we just thought we'd drop a little knowledge. <laughs> just Dropping some knowledge. Knowledge bomb. Um, okay, so she bore him a child, and she um, was actually abandoned so she, he could marry a Spanish lady. Now, it was never proven that she actually killed these children, uh, but Aztec pride drove her to acts of vengeance. And just like Becky said, this is actually the tale of this the Spanish discovery of the New World and the demise of the culture, the indig... <laughs> indigenous culture Got it. good lord jesus after the conquest of um yorona's loss so it's kind of comparing the new the discovery of the new world with the la yorona story kind of tying in because it was never proven that she actually killed the children just abandoned them just yeah just to kind of abandon them um also so that was one other folklore that's tied to it. Then we have one called the Chumash. Is it? I would assume it's Chumash. Yes. Yeah. Of Southern California have their own connection. Their mythology mentions La Llorona when explaining creatures of the other world. Nunasis. Nunas. Nunasis. Nunasis. We'll say Nunasis. Nunasis. It looks like Nunasis. It's like Nunasis. <laughs> Called the Maxula or the Mimismus. That's what I would go with. Okay, so the Maxula or the Mimismus. That's fun to say. (laughs) That's about as often as we're going to say it, too. So, yep. Mythology says that the Shumash believe in both the Nunasis and the La Yorona and specifically hear the Maxula cry up in the trees. The cry is considered an omen of death. They are described as looking like a cat with the skin of rawhide leather. Imagine a leather cat screaming in a tree. (laughs) 
That literally makes me think about those hairless cats. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I would think they would look like, yeah, actually. Like Except a little shinier, like maybe. Like a mutated hairless cat that's screaming like a banshee. Which is actually another thing. Is this sounds like a banshee. Yeah. I mean, this exactly, that was one of the first things that I thought of was a banshee. with this story, mm-hmm. was banshees. So, now we're going to kind of go into Greek, Greek mythology a little bit. Um, Alagorona bears resemblance to the Greek tale of the demonic demigoddess Lamaya. Lem- Hera, Zeus's wife, is it Hera or Hera? Hera, yeah. Okay. Hera, Zeus's wife, learned of his affair with Lamia and out of anger killed the children Lamia and Zeus had. Out of jealousy of losing her own children, this is Lamia, she steals other women's children. Also in Greek mythology, Medea killed the two children that were fathered by um, Jason after he left her for another woman. So that's two different Greek and Jason, as in Jason and the Argonauts. Yes. If anybody knows that story, they, there was a movie too. So that's, they don't really give any more information other than that as far as the Greek mythos goes. You get a little bit more with um, the Zeus myth, um, but that's pretty much what <clears throat> in Greek mythology it was shown as. Now, as far as Aztec goes, this is really cool, actually. Actually, it's not really cool. It's kind of sad. I don't know why I said it was cool, but. Um, so she was kind of seen as fearsome, as a fearsome goddess. Um, two different ones in particular. There was one, Lord God, give me the strength. Q, C, I am destroying that oh, word. Oh, wait, is that it? it? No, it's not. It's um, that one. C, C, uh no, they're that would their C's were pronounced as K's actually, so it'd be Kua Kuatel, Kua Kuatel. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with Kua Kuatel. Snake Woman, also known as a Snake Woman. <laughs> Let's just say Snake Woman for the sake of yeah. We'll say Snake Woman for the sake of the story. So, um, she was a savage beast among. I'm sorry. A savage beast and an evil omen who wears white and walks about at night constantly crying. Um, so that was one of them. And the other one was... Kelkiwa... Taliku? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or the Jade Skirted One. English? The English is much easier. <laughs> the Jade Skirted One. The Jade Skirted One, who often... St- who oversaw the waters and was feared because she would drown people. So actually, this is the one that gets me. So to honor her, the Aztecs sacrificed children. So I guess they believed in her so much that they would actually sacrifice children to her, which is kind of sad, honestly. Because if you sit and think about it now, what I'm going to get into the fact that a couple people that follow us actually... um, have some, you know, stories about La Llorona. But um, do you... I did want to say real quick, too, going back to the um, the uh, story with the conquistadors. Yeah. Um, the story about uh, La Malencha, that is actually the only story from the La Llorona mythos that actually did really exist. La La uh, Malencha was a real woman. She really was uh, Hernan Cortez's uh, mistress. 
So her, her whole story did exist. She was an actual person that did exist in history. I mean, there's, there's pictures of her, there's painting or not like snapshots, obviously. Um, there's, they took some pictures. There's selfies, uh, back in the 16th century in case y'all didn't know. Um, no, there's obviously paintings and drawings and things of her. So she did exist. There is record of her. I just wanted to throw that out there that she's now again, like, uh, Casper said, like we were mentioning, there there isn't any evidence that she actually killed the child that she had with Cortez, but she did actually exist. That That's really the only story I've seen so far of any of the La Llorona mythos where any of these actual women did exist, because nothing has even been able, nothing else has really been traced with the Aztec gods or the Greek mythology, because a lot of that was all stories that were handed down or even the whole Mexican mythology with Maria and the wealthy husband and nothing like that has really been traced. A lot of the Mexican culture I heard with that story was really told in a lot of the poorer neighborhoods where they were trying to keep kids from wandering around at night, either because they were worried about them getting attacked out in the woods or out in the jungles or, you know, anything of that nature that you would want to protect your children. You know, they started to pass down this La Llorona story so they would warn their children, you know, and mijos is uh, Spanish for small children. So they would always say, oh, mijos, don't ever go out in the woods and wander the woods. La Llorona will get you. So it was, it was literally of, their boogeyman. Yeah. La, La literally was their, was boogeyman. their boogeyman. Don't go out at night. The boogeyman will get you in Spanish culture, Mexican culture, it was don't go out at night, La Llorona will get you. So, yeah, literally, they're boogeyman. Which I was going to ask you, do you believe in it? Or do you think something's happening? Because there's so many people that have said they've seen her, they've heard things like that, so it's like, do you think it's something to do with that or do you think it's like more of just a spirit you know i think a lot of this could even go back to you know the step cemetery episode that we did about the woman and the woman in black and this woman you know that story has been passed down throughout so many generations that it has been traced to so many different things and you know, it's been traced back to the grave of the little boy, even though we were able to find out who his mother really was. So we don't really know if that story was coming from something different. So, you know, when it comes down to, you know, old wives tales or stories that are passed throughout generations or passed throughout different cultures or passed through families, I think at the heart of it, it's based in some truth but I think once it starts passing through generations of generations of generations, I think I think it's pretty safe to say that the story gets kind of exaggerated over time. I think it can originally be based on some type of truth and some type of mythos somewhere. Because like we were saying, this dates all the way back to the 16th century. I think I even found some reports that if you trace this back to German folklore, it goes all the way back into the 14th century. So... This is literally a story that has roots in Greek, German, Spanish, Mexican. It's got mythology in so many different areas tracing all the way back to the 14th century that 
you know, this story could come from anywhere. But yeah, I, I do believe a lot of those are based in some truth. I just think that over years and cultures and generations, obviously the, sto obviously the story gets more and more exaggerated. But you know as well as I do with both of our experiences, I definitely believe in spirits. And I oh, definitely yeah. believe that there's any type of story about a woman murdering her children and 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 seeking some kind of solace for that after she dies tragically. Oh my God. I would definitely think that that would be a spirit that could never be put to rest ever, 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 ever be put to rest. Sincerely. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Especially with, um, <clears throat> all that energy being built up and such a tragic thing. Yeah. Spirits usually will stay around when it comes to stuff like that. For sure. Anytime a spirit is involved or anytime a person is involved in some type of tragic death, whether it be a murder or a suicide or just, just anything of that nature, it, it, their spirit remains restless. And a lot of times what they have is what they call a residual haunting where pretty much they're just reliving the events of their life over and over and over and over. And they're never being able to be put to rest because their death was so tragic. Yep. So I, I believe that if she I is believe real, people I... are seeing something. Oh, people yeah. are absolutely, it's kind of like the whole Bigfoot thing. Like yeah. people, people are seeing something, but who's to know if this is definitively what they're seeing. Yeah. Right. But they're definitely seeing something. I just totally ask her. That. Just, if you see her, just go up and ask yeah. her. Just be like, who, who, who are you? Are you La Yorona? Yeah, don't, don't. Oh, my little pretty one. My pretty, pretty one. one. When you're gonna give me some time, Yorona? Yeah, just say that to her. And then she'll be like, she'll start dancing with you. And then you she'll dance. bust out the running man. And then, uh. Dancing in the moonlight. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Don't. Okay. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I wouldn't. That. No. I would shit my pants. And be running in the other direction. If I ever saw her, there would be no dancing and singing. I don't know if you remember, um, if you remember, there was a Ghost Adventures episode. I don't remember which episode it was exactly, but they were out in the uh, out in this area, and they heard a wailing, like a banshee cry. Yeah. If I don't know if you remember yeah. that, that freaked me out. I remember that episode. Yeah. I don't remember, guys. I don't remember exactly which episode it is, but I'm sure you could find it on YouTube. There's a video of Ghost Adventures out. In this field, and you can hear like a banshee cry, and I'm kind of wondering. I wonder if that's what she sounds like, you know, when they hear her <clears throat> wailing. If it's like that, if it's anything like they describe, yeah. I mean, everything I found was she was directly described as a banshee. Yep. So a couple things I want to go over really quick. Um, we had a couple uh, listeners, Twitter followers, actually that. Wanted to share some stuff. Um, this one, this first one is Sarah. She is at up north, up north bliss. I can't read. I'm sorry. Um, shout out to you. You have been absolutely 100 billion percent supportive of this since the beginning. Yay! Thank you. Um, you're an absolute sweetheart, and I am very excited that you have kept up with us, and you still love it, and you support it. So thank you very much for that. Um, so you told me that your mom always told you when you were a kid not to look out of the car window because if a woman in white looks at you, she's going to take you. <sighs> so your mom even was just kind of like, this is the boogeyman. <laughs> Don't look at her. She'll look at you. 
Oh, God. That makes me think about the woman in black. Right? Yeah. Which I wonder, I actually read a little bit about that, that the woman in black and the woman in white could be kind of the same. Yeah. Person. I think that movie took a lot of stories. Yeah, definitely. Especially more of a European. And especially with all the connections. (laughs) It was all a connection to a mother losing her child in a tragic way. Anytime these stories wrap back around to a mother either murdering their children, watching their children die, not being able to save their children. It, it all comes back around to these grieving mothers, which is really sad at the end of the day. I mean, as scary as these specters are, these ghosts are, spirits, whatever, when you read their story and what happened to them and ultimately where this is coming from, it's really tragic. It's really sad at the end of the day. I feel terribly sorry for her. So, um, another one of my followers at G Z dude 13, he said, what up G Z dude. What's up dude. My friend told me his uncle and cousin were working on their ranch in Mexico, tending to their tree orchards by the river. When the sun was going down, they heard crying and saw a white figure moving through the trees. So they both got scared and ran off. Interesting. Where was this? It was down in Mexico. Holy shit. Yeah, that was, um, I kind of read when he commented that, because I posted, you know, I posted about that today, and he commented that, and I'm like, um, do you want to elaborate or give me some more? Because I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. Um, and he did. He said, another friend told me his mother talked about how when she was a little girl, her mother told her about how a child that was never allowed out was a victim of La Llorona. He saw her and barely escaped, but never spoke again. The boy was real, and he was mute. So, he doesn't really know for sure if he was mute because of La Llorona, or if he was actually born that way. Oh my god. So, that's, that's crazy. Um, but he also messaged me some more, um... So he kind of goes along the lines of saying about how she is the boogie, she is their boogeyman. Um, like basically be good or La Llorona will come and take you. He grew up in Hispanic community. The kids were allowed, the kids there pretty much allowed the story to evolve even more. Not only can she get you if you show up by the river, but the reflection in the river allowed her to get you through the mirror if you called her name three times. So it's the Mexican's version of Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, yeah, exactly. Um, he said, imagine eight-year-old me in a dark elementary school bathroom on a dare from the other kids to say La Llorona three times in the mirror and then run out. The prank is that they held the door shut. Personally, I enjoy the legend, evolved into this childish ritual, and look forward to seeing the movie Regardless of the original roots. So he kind of, the one that really got me that he talked about was the one about how his friend heard the weeping woman in, with his uncle and saw a specter moving through the woods in white. Oh my God. That would terrify me. And you said that was in Mexico? That was in Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I found another part of that story with Maria. Mm Mm-hmm. That the river that it happened by was the Santa Fe River. So I believe that's the river that separates Mexico from America. So it even borders along New Mexico. Because I found a story that dates back um, 
to the 1930s. It was about a little boy uh, named Patricio Luan. Uh, he grew up in New Mexico in the 1930s. Uh, he, it was just a normal day. He was out with his family in Santa Fe near the river when he saw the sight of a strange woman near their property. The family watched in curious silence as the tall, thin woman dressed in white. Now, remember, this is in broad daylight, so this isn't night, at night. She crossed the road near their house without a word and headed for the nearby creek. It wasn't until she got to the water that the family realized that something was wrong. Uh, Lujan described her as gliding along with no legs before she disappeared. After she reappeared at a distance that was too far for any normal woman to have traveled, she disappeared again for good uh, without leaving a single footprint behind. Uh, that's when he, uh, Lujan was disturbed, uh, but he knew exactly who he had seen. He had seen La Llorona. So that was a story back in the 1930s when this, this guy was a little little boy. And his parents lived very near the Santa Fe River, where it is believed that Maria was from, where she drowned her children, and kind of where the Mexican La Llorona mythos started. So, y'all, this movie's gonna be creepy. Yeah, just everything that we've been talking about. This is gonna be oh really my god, creepy. this is gonna be the commercials look creepy as hell. Like, especially if any, because guys, if hearing any... hearing screaming in oh itself god. or wailing or anything like that, like a banshee. Mm-mm. I'm out. <laughs> well, and this is definitely going to have all kinds of elements, too, with mothers instantly wanting to protect their children. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is this is definitely going to be terrifying for any mothers out there. You know, your your heart wants to go out to this woman for her plight, but, you know, you also want to say, stay the fuck away from my kids because, you know, like... I know you lost yours, but you're not going to take mine. Like, hell no. Even though she didn't really lose them, she kind of killed yeah, them. Yeah, she killed them. It's kind of your fault, you're wailing. Basically your fault, yeah. So <laughs> Don't come after me, though. I'm sorry. Yeah. We don't have children, so yeah. Please, don't come after us. Thank you. So, um, <clears throat> I was going to go over some pop culture things that she's been in. One of the things that gets me the most is, I know you haven't seen Supernatural, but... um. I did read about that, though. In the very first episode of Supernatural, I legitimately remember this even happening. They stop on the road, and there's a girl in the middle of the road in white. And she's crying. Long story short, she's basically loosely based off of La Llorona. She, um, was... She drowned her baby in a bathtub after finding out her, her finding out about her husband's infidelity. And she mostly goes after men. She actually, that's the, that's the change. She goes after men, not children. Um, but that was kind of neat finding out that she was actually loosely based off of La Llorona because I was like, I legitimately remember that in the first episode of Supernatural. Um, she's actually a playable character in League of Legends. If any of any, any gamers out there, shout out to the gamers. <laughs> Um, League of Legends has a character called the Ghost Bride, and that character is based off of La Llorona as well. Um, of course, you know the movie coming out that James Wan is doing, The Curse of La Llorona. She appeared as the antagonist in a movie in 2007 called Yokiel? Yo Yokiel? We'll go with that. It's probably Yokiel. Yeah, um, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, she actually appeared as a monster 
of the week in Grimm in the second season as well in 2012. Um, and she's been in a few other Hispanic Mexican movies as appeared as antagonist, the antagonist loosely based on her, um, which is really cool because it's interesting to see how many movies she's actually been in, but she hasn't really been brought to the forefront until this Curse of La Llorona. Because, like, you know about her, but you don't... There's not, like, a movie where you're like, oh my god, yes, that's for sure La Llorona. No, you're not gonna do that until now. Right. So... Right. Especially with this movie. Like, I definitely think this movie, there's gonna be people that are gonna be like, wow, I've never heard of this mythos. And they're just probably gonna think this is something that just completely came off the top of the head of the writers until they start to look more into it and go, Oh my God, no, this is spanning centuries that different cultures have believed in this. Um, I did find one thing going back to the, uh, what you were talking about in the media, there's a song, the, um, there's a song in the Disney movie, Coco, the really cute little Disney cartoon that I absolutely loved. I thought it was adorable. If you guys have seen it, I loved it. Um, there is a song called La Llorona that is featured in Coco. Um, the song has actually been around for quite some time. Um, it looks like it was originally composed back in the 1920s during the Mexican Revolution. Um, the origins of the lyrics did originally come from the La Llorona mythos of the weeping woman in the Mexican culture. But there's also another popular interpretation of the song. Um, this one just, gosh, this would probably be like the fifth story to add on to the La Llorona mythos. Um, <laughs> it's about the singer, the, the singer who wrote the story, wrote the song, basically. He feels trapped by this woman who is the La Llorona in this story. She's basically fallen in love with him and he doesn't feel the same way about her. So every time he tries to leave her, she starts weeping and crying and sobbing uncontrollably. Um, he tries everything in his power to leave this woman, but out of pity, he stays with her and feels trapped by her. Um, he actually himself wants to go down to the river to drown himself, to kill himself, to end this suffering. Um, the suffering that this man goes through from being trapped in the relationship with La Llorona sort of in a way parallels the suffering that La Llorona and the legend goes through from having her lover leave her. Um, with Maria having her lover leave her with the two boys and whatnot. Um, the other interpretation following the lyrics is that uh, Yorona is the singer, a possible deserter in the version here, deceased or married to another lover, which would explain all the morbid references throughout the song and why he never seems to actually try to get her mourning in the cemetery uh, yesterday I cried for seeing you, uh, Yorona, and now because I saw you. Um, and again, this kind of goes back to what we were saying about the Banshee. La Yorona is traditionally a Banshee-like uh, folklore, a ghost that haunts her lover after having drowned her children and now is crying for her children, um, who also foretells the dead to those who see it but is not technically related to the song so apparently there's been different ad adaptations of the song um and the original mythos was the story that we told you about maria losing her children but there was also this other interpretation that it was Llorona or yorona singing the song about her lover or the lover actually singing the song about trying to leave la yorona but feeling trapped 
because she starts weeping and crying every time he tries to leave her. Um, so the lyrics to the song, I'll just go through them quickly. It's a uh, alas, Yorona, Yorona dressed in light blue. And even if it costs my life, Yorona, I won't stop loving you. I climbed the highest pine tree, Yorona, to see if I could spot you. But the pine tree was tender, Yorona. When it saw me cry, it cried. Sorrow and that which is not sorrow, Yorona. Everything is sorrow for me. Yesterday I cried because I wanted to see you, Yorona. Now I cry because I saw you. Alas, Yorona, Yorona dressed in light blue. And even if it costs my life, Yorona, I won't stop loving you. Um, I was definitely going to read the English translation because I wasn't even going to try to attempt to translate the, We're trying the Spanish, the but you get the, you get the gist. So basically he's saying that he'll always love you, but he cries when you cry because he sort of feels like a pity party in the whole thing. So I always thought that I thought that that was kind of an interesting take because I found this interpretation of the song, saw that the song was in Coco. And I was like, well, what's the connection to that story? And then I looked up and found a whole new story about it. And I was like, well, this is another story to add on to the mythos. So I thought that was really interesting, too. If you guys want to, to look up, um, I believe there's a singer named Angela on YouTube who sings it in Spanish. It is actually a really pretty song. Yep. Uh, listen to it in Spanish. And it's, it's, the it's scene, gorgeous. Um, and if any of you guys have seen Coco where the little boy travels back into the underworld to find out about his grand, uh, his grandpa for his, his great grandpa for his grandma. It's the scene where the aunt starts singing at the big party and um, where they kind of uncover the famous singer isn't exactly who he says he is. No spoilers. Cause I want people to actually see it if they've never seen it. It's on Netflix. It's really cute. I loved it. I thought it was adorable. But it actually is a really pretty song. It comes from it a really is. sad place, but it is a really beautiful song. So I want to read this um, article to you guys because this is fucking crazy. Um, there was a drowning. This woman drowned her kids in 1986 in Texas. Her name was Yuana Leha, I think. Um, she loaded her seven children on a downtown bus with her in April. She had no idea what she was about to do. They reached the banks of the Buffalo Bayou. One child asked if she had permission from their father to go on what she thought was a picnic outing. Leha recalled during an interview that her mind was somewhere else. Um, she doesn't recall what order or how she even had the strength to toss her children into the bayou. Um, just a side note, she threw all seven of her children into the river. Two of them died, and she claimed that she was La Llorona. Um, she explained that she had not eaten well in days after repeated abuse from her husband. She left with no appetite. Or he left her with no appetite. She said how badly he had beaten her the night before. I started to hear voices the day before that actually happened. She she added that she started to feel sick after the birth of her sixth child and learned a year later that she actually has bipolar disorder. I found out later that I had a mental illness I didn't know at that time and I knew something was wrong but didn't know what it was. 
she, I'm sorry, she tossed six of her seven children into the bayou. Two of them died. One was six, one was five. Four were rescued and one daughter ran away to seek help. Leha said she has forgiven herself and more importantly, she said God forgave her too. She takes comfort in the frequent contacts with her daughter as well as Esther, one of the children who was rescued, who is now in an institution. She has since remarried and is a grandmother. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and, um, I'm sorry, the psychotic disorder, of course, is characterized by alternating periods of mania and mental depression. She didn't know she was sick and she just remembers being afraid that her husband would one day kill her. So this is just crazy because she actually claimed that she was La Llorona and she claimed that she heard voices the day before. Now, with her being bipolar kind of explains what it where it came from. She was probably she knew, I'm I'd say she knew about the legend of it. Right. Um I'm sure she probably did. And she kind of wanted to put blame somewhere, but you know, being a victim of domestic violence herself, it's like why would why would you do that to your own children and try to kill your own children? You know what though? I think that it could be like you know, we say blame, but, um, it, you know, I kind of, I kind of almost take it into account with, okay, for instance, kind of like the Slender Man story, how we were talking about the two, we had talked mm-hmm. about the two 12 year old girls that stabbed their friend. And one of the girls was diagnosed schizophrenic and it was actually genetic. Her father was schizophrenic. And when you have some type of mental disorder like that, that can cause auditory and visual hallucinations. If you're told a story like a slender man or like a la Yorona, you above anybody else are going to believe 100% in that story because your mental illness is masking reality. So whereas other people will clearly see that the story is fake or just a story, you know, someone who has hallucinations, their brain is wired that if you tell them something, well, actually unwired, if you want to look at it that way, their brain is unwired to function normally. So if you tell them a story like La Llorona and you've got a mental disorder like that, oh gosh, you're going to believe in it. You're going to totally believe in it. You'll see her, you'll hear her. And all of its hallucinations. That's actually a perfect representation of how the girl saw Slenderman. Right. Said she was, you know, one of his proxies. Proxies, yeah. She could have very well treated La Llorona the exact same way. Exactly. Where she was one of her proxies. She or, was actually seeing her. Yeah. Because it was, and hearing her because it was visual and auditory hallucinations that she was having. So, I, I'm a firm believer in that. Oh, so. yeah, 100%. You know, you take that into account with also if you believe her story, if she's been a victim of domestic violence from her husband, that just that's even more of a trigger for mental illness. So, you you know, yeah, you just wrap it all together. I'm sure in her mind, she didn't think she had no recollection of what she was doing. And who knows to say who's to say that in her mind, La Llorona didn't tell her to do that. Right. Where she was like, kind of just like the Slenderman thing, where Slenderman didn't tell her to do that, where they were just saying, she's like, I'm trying to, you know, get to heaven, and if you kill your kids, you're going to help me get there, or, you know, whatever story was made up in her mind that that she she fully believed happened. Or, 
that she may have even possessed her because I think, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's how they're starting off this new movie, The Curse of La Llorona, from the trailer, from the full trailers that I've seen. It looks like it starts off with a woman who's getting arrested because they think she murdered her children and she's telling the cops that it wasn't me, this was La Llorona. So maybe La Llorona even possesses Possibly. mothers into making it look like they murdered their children, but it really wasn't them. It was actually La Llorona who did it. Which kind of goes back to the Conjuring story. Totally That's what Bathsheba the, does. Yep. She possesses the mother to kill the child. Exactly. And there's a great... Oh, that's the other thing. I mean, going back to not really too veering far off the story, but how we found out the whole, how this ties into the James Wan is actually tying the curse of La Llorona into the Conjuring universe, in guys. Way, it's kinda, amazing. In a way, I kind of wish I didn't know that. I kind of wish I would have waited until seeing the movie. Cause I you know, know, I'm sorry. I totally, you, I know. I spoiled, that's not your I fault. totally spoiled it for her, but Yahoo News spoiled it for me. So. That's not your fault, though, because it's kind of like when you watched The End of the Nun or when you watched The End of Annabelle Creation, how he tied it together. And you're like, what? And you're like, you have to sit on it for like 20 minutes, and you're like... <laughs> we won't spoil it for you guys, but... If you guys want to wait until April 19th and see it in the movie, and if you happen to recognize it and pick it out, two thumbs up for you. You're going to love it. If not, if you want to Google La Llorona Conjuring Connection, <laughs> it's going to be the first thing that pops up. And if you see it, you're going to go, what? Like, And it's... I hope there's more to that, too. Like, there's one thing in particular we all know, but I wonder if he's going to do it elaborate more uh, elaborate on like at the end in the last five minutes where he's gonna be like all right i'm gonna blow your fucking mind right. and just pull it all together somehow really tie it all in together because he's really good at that james one is very good at that <laughs> and it's just gonna honestly it's just gonna add to more of the creep factor and the freaking you the fuck out even more with this whole story like guys as soon as i found out about this movie and as soon as I knew we were going to do this episode and the more research we wanted to do in La Llorona, this is such a creepy story. And I mean, this could really take on the movie looks really creepy. And like I said, it comes, it's got very sad origins, whichever one of these stories you want to believe. But the whole thing in itself is really fucking scary. <laughs> and I love how it's all going to tie in together with the with the Conjuring story. I mean, this is yeah, going to be Kudos to him for that, man. Because every time James Wan does anything, I'm like bowing at his feet. So. Well, you know, and also kudos to James Wan for taking on, first of all, a, a brand new director, first time movie, Michael Chavez, and also taking on, taking on a story that's steeped in Mexican folklore that the general public really doesn't know anything about or very little about. You know, like we mentioned, there's, if people saw the Coco Disney movie, there's La Llorona mentioned, La Llorona's mentioned in Supernatural and Grimm. So unless people caught those, nobody's going to know this story. There's going to be very few people that are going to be familiar with this story at all because it's steeped in a, in a, culture that has a lot of mysticism to it but it's not something that the general public would know about so kudos to him too for bringing something like this to light because this is going to cause more people just like it did us to 
research this and want to look more into it and find out more about the story because it is a really interesting story. I definitely had a blast researching this and looking into it because I learned it's going to be really cool, especially with you guys. If you've listened to this before watching the movie, it's going to be, the movie's going to mean a lot more. You're going to understand it a lot more going into it than you normal, than you would just walking into it basically blind. Right. Because you know what the story's about. You know the folklore with it now. You know six, seven stories behind it. And now it's going to make a little bit more sense. And I think that there's a lot of... I think there's like a lot of imagery, too, that I was seeing in the trailers. The cinematography of this movie looks amazingly haunting, is the best way to put it. And the water. Mm -hmm. The constant water connections. The little girl in the bathtub. and Oh, and way to go, James Wan and Michael Chavez, for making a movie that's going to make me terrified of taking baths now. If Psycho didn't freak me the fuck out from showers for years... The grudge actually scared me for showers. Okay, yeah, let's not do that. Actually, I'm let's still afraid to take shower. Like, let's I'm not, not do that. Honestly, this is me even now. I will literally reach behind my head and feel if there's a hand back there because of the grudge. I take showers still. with my husband. This is why I take showers. This is why the buddy system. This is why if anybody is able to do this, you shower with a buddy. I don't have a buddy. I'm sorry, you don't have I'm a buddy. I'm fucked. If I don't ever answer the phone one day, just know <laughs> I was fucked up in the shower by whatever the fuck decided to get me that day. No! It could be La Llorona, it could be The Grudge, it could be <laughs> fucking Freddy for all I fucking know. <laughs> I want to pull a Chris Crocker. Leave Casper alone! <laughs> I love you, Chris Crocker. <laughs> Seriously, though, guys, I had a complex about taking a shower for days because I would just reach back and be like, is there a hand? Is there a hand? Oh, my God. When I was a kid, we had shower doors. Shout out to anybody who remembers those god-awful shower doors that would fly off the track like sliding glass doors. Oh, those are my favorite. in the ass. Oh, my God. Those were my favorite. What was that? Random sound. That was was a car. Oh, car. (laughs) Shiny. No. um, Yeah, no. Those freaking doors, and those used to scare the shit out of me taking a shower, because you can't see anything. No, what was freaked me out was the ones that were like that, but you could see forms, but you couldn't make anything Yeah, out. no, that, that's what it was. That's what that's what we had. Yeah. Oh, fuck those. Yeah, yeah. So it would just be random forms and shadows, but you couldn't make out what was behind the glass, so yeah. Those it's freaked like, me out in horror movies, too. Oh my god. Oh my fucking <laughs> god. So, yeah. No baths, no showers. Well, baths are like my favorite thing in the world, so. I'll just take one with the door wide open and make sure someone's home. <laughs> well, Danielle can save my life at some point. There you then. go. Your roommate can save your life. My BB, can save my, my life. cat. My cat can BB come save my life. Fuck La Llorona. <laughs> BB wouldn't fuck La Llorona. BB would be like, oh my god, hi. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that you're is a, true. You're a specter. Come pet me. Come Saun- pet me. Saunters over. I want some pets. I want some love. <laughs> That's BB. Hazel would just see it and go, ah! and then run in the yeah, other Hazel direction. Yeah, Hazel would just run away. So either yeah. way, I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because BB would be like, hello. And Hazel would be like, fuck off. You've got one neurotic cat that's going <laughs> to scream and run away. And then you've got another cat that's going to be like, pet me, ghost. Or La yeah. Llorona and Hazel can have a screaming competition. Because, you know, Hazel likes to do her screams. Like, meow. And then she'll be like, ah. And Hazel will be like, meow. <laughs> You're going to have 
neighbors complaining to the apartment kind of like there's a lot of screaming <laughs> but it doesn't sound like it, it we don't quite know it where's it coming like, from i don't even know it sounds like it's coming from everywhere yeah it literally sounds like we don't we can't quite describe it it's like one's an animal and one's inhuman that's all we can tell you right now like could you imagine getting that call oh my god how do we handle this i wouldn't even know who do we what? susan yeah yeah <laughs> how do we handle karen? this call karen <laughs> karen <laughs> Someone's name would be Sharona. Sharona? Sharona. How do we handle this? Sharona, get your Rona. <laughs> get your girl. Sharona, get your Rona. Get your girl. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we went way off the Oh, my gosh. There. Okay. Sorry. We had to throw that in there, guys. Can anyway, that's that's really all we have for La Yorona. It's not... I know this hasn't been as long as normal, but she she had some folklores and... That's that's really it. That were literally all over the place and <laughs> right. all over the place. Uh, but like we said, guys, we really just wanted to prep everybody for the movie. Um, again, The Curse of La Llorona by Michael Chavez and James Wan. It's coming out April 19th in the U.S. So um, we can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. It looks so freaking creepy. And like I said, again, if you want to know the connection with the Conjuring universe, Google it or wait to see the movie. And if you catch it, Good job. Good on you. And I hope they kind of stretch the story out and mention. I really hope we get like, not just that character that ties it in, but I really hope it like. That's what I'm saying. Add, I hope adds he does more. I he mean, does like, that really, five last five minute wrap up where he's like, this ties to here and this goes here and this is here. And you're like, what? Because after watching the, the nun, I cannot watch the original conjuring the same way. Oh no, I can't. No, you can't. That ending was amazing. I literally was like, <gasps> I audibly gasped. <laughs> James, guys, James Wan has been one of those directors that seriously since Saw, I have never seen another director that within the last five minutes of a movie can leave you sitting there going, what in the actual fuck? I mean, every single one of his movies that get you like that, you're already on edge enough as it is. And then in the last, literal last five minutes, he can just have you like, Oh my god! Because you know you guys oh have you god. have those movies that is a long ass build up to the last like ten fifteen minutes, and the last ten fifteen minutes are all that really matter. He has a way of making the entire movie matter, but the last five minutes leaves you speechless. Because me and my best one of my best friends, Mackenzie, sat at the end of Annabelle Creation. We sat in the theater mm-hmm. until everyone was gone. Guys, I've done that like, with several of his movies. Like, what the absolute fuck? I did that with the end of Saw. Set oh, yeah. in the theater. Waiting for everybody to leave because I was fucked up. I did that with the end of Annabelle Creation. Because I was in such shock, I just couldn't move. I just sat there. <laughs> no. Um, I did that. Oh, my God. What was the other one? We did that with The Nun, too. It's, Insidious. It's... The first Insidious. Oh, yeah. When you find out yeah. that the old woman possessed him when, when the... When the wife picked up the camera and goes, <gasps> and then he goes, honey, and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, my God. What the fuck? What? What? Like, uh, yeah. So there's been several, what's that's like four or five James Wan movies where I had to sit there in the theater. I couldn't, I could not move as people were filing out. I was just like, what? 
what what is happening? I honestly right think now? the ending of Saw is probably the best ending to anything yeah. I've ever seen in my life. If there was a movie I could unknow and go back and rewatch clean, it, it would be Saw. That movie, yeah. Because when that motherfucker stands up, to this day it gives me chills because the music, the build up, all of it, he just stands up and you're like, and then he gets you even more by shutting that door and there's no music in the credits. It's just Adam screaming and yep. you're knowing this man is trapped in this room forever. Nobody knows he's there. He's never going to get out. He's going to die. He's going to die in that room. So it. I don't think I'd ever seen another movie like that. You know, usually when it cuts to credits, it's either silence or there's some kind of music or something. No, there was nothing like that. He shut that door and you just heard Adam screaming. I just sat in this dark theater, <laughs> gripping the armrest, just hearing him, ha, 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 just screaming. I'm like, I was so disturbed. Like, yeah, it's I was, very disturbing. It was, it felt real. It was just, it, 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 I knew it wasn't real. I knew I was watching a movie, but it felt real and it felt so creepy and it left you feeling so creepy that hats off to James Wan, man. I'm telling you, this guy I love is, that this has turned into like a James it, Wan. This is like... totally, guys, this is totally now turned into the James Wan episode of the podcast. We're going <laughs> to call this the La Llorona slash James Wan episode. I, mean, I like could seriously last, sit here and go the on last about James 20 minutes Wan. of the episode, all we're going to do is, well, you know what it is, guys? Coming from people who are really, really, really big horror fans, and we both have our certain horror directors who have just made movies that have just literally knocked the genre out of the park. You know, you've got your Wes Craven, you've got your John, John Carpenter, Carpenter, you know, you have your certain George A. Romero with all the dead movies, Dawn of the Dead, Lord, Living Dead, all of them. You know, you have these certain directors that have these movies that just, they came in a time where we just needed, you know, John Carpenter just dominated the 70s and the 80s. And then Wes Craven came in in the 80s and throughout the 90s and knocked it out of the park from Nightmare and to Scream and that whole thing. And then you were just lulling after that. And then boom, James Wan comes in and literally hits everybody like a ton of bricks. He is now falling into this category of these legendary horror directors that are just completely transcending this genre. I mean, they're really taking it. He has taken it to a level that nobody before him. I mean, he's respecting the ones that came before him, but now he's taking it and just building on it and building on it and building on it and coming up with these brilliant original ideas that are finally finally that are legitimately <laughs> scary i mean really legitimately scary where i'm actually sitting in a theater and i'm like i am scared right now i don't even know to be honest with you i don't think any movie ever has done this and i went and saw the conjuring late it was like 10 o'clock at night when i saw this movie now remember that this was the first time I had ever seen it, and it, it was in a movie theater. I was in the fetal position by the time that movie was over. I was looking through my fingers at the screen in the fucking fetal position. And after it was over, I was like, horror has a place in cinema again. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have never been this wowed by a horror movie since the 90s. Right. I really never have been. Like that, The Conjuring. James Wan made me believe in horror again. Yeah, me too. 
Because he doesn't rely on jump scares. Does he have them? Yes. But he doesn't rely on them. He relies on the creep factor. Because are you going to sit there and tell me that you're looking at Valak and that's not one of the most terrifying fucking things you've ever seen in your oh life? Oh my gosh. And Cheers to Bonnie Aarons as well for playing that role. You do a fucking phenomenal job. Well, you're taking on not only something that just looks very creepy, but it's also a complete abomination to what it's representing. Nuns are supposed to be holy. Nuns are supposed to be next to God, you know? And, <clears throat> excuse me, they're supposed to be brides to God, next to God, you know what I mean? And you're literally taking something that's one of the most holiest, uh, holiest figures and you're completely perverting it. Completely perverting it. And Valak is just such a, you know, if you, if anybody knows that story in the, de in the demonic, in the demonology mythos, that's just a really creepy story all in itself, the actual Valak. So and I you love take that, he... that story with the perversion of the nun and, oh my God. I mean, you've got one of the creepiest figures in horror cinema history, for sure. And I love that he uh, saved his ass by spelling it differently. Yeah, good job. Good job on that. He yeah, it's not spelled V-A-L-A-K. Yeah, it's you don't not. mess around. We don't mess but around. But he's, he's smart for like doing that. that. He's smart for doing that. Which actually, um, a little Easter egg hint for you guys. I thought this is starting to do the Conjuring universe. <laughs> I love it. It always goes back. Um, in The Conjuring 2... In the creepiest part of the whole fucking movie, when Vera, Vera, I'm sorry, that's her real name, when Lorraine is at home with her kid, and there's a bookshelf, and she's reading her Bible, and there's a bookshelf in the background, the bookshelf actually spells out Valak. And this is right when she's getting introduced to Valak. Right. This was an Easter egg that was not pointed out by me. I actually got it pointed out to me by one of my friends who was like, um, I'm going to need you to rewind that and pause it and tell me what you see. And lo and behold, there it was. Valak was spelled out on the bookshelf. So I thought that was really cool that he did that. Yeah, I didn't notice it and then went back and looked up Easter eggs and went, what? And then went back and watched it again, obviously, and then saw it and was like, holy shit. Lo and behold, so I it love says when valid. they throw out little stuff like that. Stuff like that is that's that's it just makes it creepier. It just literally adds to the creep factor. Holy shit. The holiest. <laughs> <laughs> the holiest of shit. The holiest. I said that for like two days straight. I couldn't help it. <laughs> anyway, it guys. Sorry this has turned into the conjuring universe. It's literally phrase, guys, this has literally turned into the James Wan <laughs> half of the podcast. It's okay. But we we're really excited Wan. about this movie and we hope that you guys did enjoy the folklore of La Llorona and we hope you go see it and and read more into it. Yeah. You know? Um, Anything you find. Absolutely. And again, guys, as always, when we do these podcasts, if there's any, um, if there's anything that we may have left out, you know, like we had those wonderful stories. And again, thank you to the fans that sent us the stories through Twitter that had their experiences that they believed were connected with La Llorona. If there's anything about the mythos that you guys are aware of that we didn't go over, please let us know. Or if there's anybody else out there that have stories themselves that believed that they may have seen La Llorona, please let us know. Yeah, that we means. would definitely be interested in that for sure. So... Yeah, absolutely. 
So, um, oh, by the way, <clears throat> to those of you who may not have seen, we are on Podbean now. Hell yeah, we were going to make that announcement, guys. We oh, have shit. reached the pod. We have reached the bean. <laughs> the bean of however, pod. However you want to look at that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize free that was... Free the bean! I didn't no, realize no, how sexual don't, that don't sounded. Free the bean. I'm so sorry. Don't free the bean or you will get arrested. Um, <laughs> That was so sexual. <laughs> not in public, anyway. Uh, It's okay. We have reached the bean. We've reached the bean. Uh, no, for real though. On Podbean, you can find us under Don't Fuck With The Original and follow us on there because you will get notifications when we post. Of course, we're still going to be on podcast and podcast. Oh, God. Podcast player. Podcast player and cast box, of course. And you can find us on Facebook at Don't Fuck With The Original, on Instagram at Don't Fuck With The Original, and on Twitter at Don't Fuck With The Original handle dfwto8811 also if you have any questions or concerns or anything you would like to share please email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com uh me and casper guys were talking about uh next month uh you know we pretty much got our calendar down for the rest of April that I we went over in the last episode, the BTK episode that we did. We hope you guys love that one. Um, but we pretty much kind of did a rundown of our calendar for the month of April. So we kind of have our dates already set for what we're going to do. Um, but next month in May, uh, we are going to do another listener episode. Um, we really liked doing that last month, having you guys write in stories to us. Um, ghost stories, crazy stories. We... We might just, were we wanting to do a different format or do we just want to keep it ghost stories? I think what we could do maybe for May is we could do um, cryptids, cryptoids. I love it. In, in May instead. And we could, we could Hell revolve, yeah. we could revolve them is what we could do. We could, we could do those one month and then we could do ghosts the next month. We could do demons. Well, demons uh, kind of are in had, to the ghosts. We need to do an alien ones. We could do aliens too. Yes, totally I would love aliens. to do aliens, guys. Aliens. I'm. <clears throat> hey, I think it falls in the paranormal for show. So uh, it's the unexplained. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. So definitely next month will be um, a cryptids episode. Anybody that's had experiences that with, includes with Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, Mothman, Jersey Devil. Oh God, there's like five thousand. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's one in. What's the one? Local, I think, um, the Chupacabra. There's a local one to Cincinnati, too. The Frogman near the Little Miami River. Have you ever heard that one before? I mean, that's guys, what I look like uh, on Miami River. <laughs> it's every, just me. Guys, every morning when I wake up, I look like the Frogman. <laughs> I am morning, the Frogman. The Gremlin is the Frogman. Um, Hashtag ribbit. Mysteries at the Museum, actually. That is a wonderful show on the Travel Channel that I love, guys. If you're a fan of it, they actually did an episode about it. And it, like, totally piqued my... I was like, hey, that's... Hey! I know that. I know where that's from. And there's a Frogman legend where it's literally a six-foot-tall walking frog that comes up out of the river and that just sounds absolutely horrifying but also really tasty if you love frog legs i'm just saying i would just like to say why the literally fuck frog does legs Cincinnati for get fucking frog man yeah why do we get when frog you got mothman who's kind of cool and then you have jersey devil who's kind of cool <coughs> no cincinnati gets frog man yeah okay. we get the frog okay wbn <laughs> ribbit <laughs> that's what it is it's ebn it's a local 
radio station here, guys. So. Shout out to WEBN. Shout out. That I haven't listened Ribbit. to since like 96. Anyway. Um, okay, stop. I listen to them every day. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I have satellite radio. Hashtag first world problems. <laughs> Hashtag satellite radio. <laughs> I don't listen to FM anymore. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, we've got all of April on lock, guys. Um, if you didn't happen to hear the end of the ep- episode last time, next week we are doing our Jordan Peele episode. Um, we are seeing us this Saturday. I'm sure plenty of you have already seen it since it came out last weekend. No spoilers, guys. We are seeing it this Saturday. I have bought the tickets already. We are seeing it. Um, so we cannot wait because right after we see us, we are going to watch Get Out. So we're going to have an entire Jordan Peele episode. Um, guys, I'm even going to try to get caught up on, I think there's already been two episodes of The Twilight Zone. If you guys didn't know. I think know, there's been one. Maybe one. Okay, there's been one. I think there's um, been one. If you guys didn't know, Jordan Peele, they have rebooted The Twilight Zone. And Jordan Peele is now the host on CBS. Um, so if you don't catch it on network TV, you can either watch it online. So that's probably how I'm going to get caught up with it. But yeah, it's pretty much going to be an entire Jordan Peele episode. So we are so excited about that. Um, the following Wednesday is all about Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Please and excuse then... me if I constantly call it Waverly Place. I was raised on, <laughs> on the Disney thought... Wizards of Waverly Place. And Wizards it's going to Wa- happen. I'm sorry. It is Wizards of Waverly Place. It's going to happen oh where God, I say so Wizards of Waverly Place because that's I fucking adorable. still do it. And that's I apologize. Adorable. That's hilarious. Um, and then our last episode for April is, of course, our friend Mackenzie is going to be joining us to talk about Dahmer. our friend Dahmer. We're going to be doing a Dahmer at the end of the By the way, guys, month, if guys. you haven't seen, in preparation for this episode, if you want, watch the movie My Friend Dahmer because yeah. it's actually very good. Very, very, very good. It kind of gives you a little bit of an insight on what he was before he started killing. It's a great oh. Um And... The guy that plays him plays Sabrina's boyfriend. It's Ross Lynch. He plays in Dahmer in Sabrina. the movie. And he plays, um, yeah, who is he in Sabrina? He's Harvey. Harvey. He's Harvey in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Which so. is season two coming out on Friday. Woo! Yay! We'll be watching that. I am actually going to be watching that in Unicorn Store because I am a unicorn who also loves death. <laughs> so <laughs> I am too. We're all about the unicorns and death. But don't, but don't kill unicorns. No. <laughs> because we love them. We love them. And I secretly want one. Anybody, I, I have a birthday coming up in two months. So if anybody wants to get Becky Gremlin a unicorn. <laughs> I have a birthday coming up in two weeks. <laughs> so if anybody wants to get Casper a unicorn in two weeks and get me a unicorn in two months, <laughs> let's make that happen. The fact that this episode has <laughs> went from La Llorona to unicorns. <laughs> This can only happen. It don't fuck with the original. It literally went from La Llorona to We Heart James Wan big time to we want, hashtag we want unicorns for our birthday. And why the fuck is Frogman the thing of Cincinnati? Explain that to me. Anyway. Somebody look more into Frogman. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week for a Jordan Peele episode. Until then, have a fantastic week. And La Llorona. Stay spooky. Give me some time.